Yeah, well, well, okay. So I mean, with you're, sit, you're sitting. This with your, is this with, is a terrible intro. We're already oh, recording. Oh wow, we're already recording. <laughs> Fuck, man! Okay. You can't, you can't, dude. Dude, I gotta do like a countdown, like Joe Rogan does. And one. Yeah, you, you two, can't just start three. recording. And three, four, five. But yeah. um, anyways, my head's cut. I had uh, Canada Day was yesterday, July first, and um, I have a car flip event. And every day for 143 days now, I'm flipping a car. I talked about it on the last episode. Terry Fox, who apparently isn't, some people know him outside of Canada, but um, he ran a, just shy of a marathon for 143 days straight on one leg while fighting cancer. Um, and it's pretty crazy. And the leg was like a prosthetic leg from 1980, not that shit that the dude from South Africa was in the Olympics with. If you're yeah. picturing it, he couldn't bend it, he had to hobble. Is literally hobbling if you see it in a video, uh, just shy of a marathon for 143 days straight, and then he died of cancer. The cancer got to his lungs, stopped him. You ever seen somebody fighting cancer near the end? Holy fuck, is that inspiration? Yeah, what he did was, I mean, unheard of. Absolutely, He's a national hero for a reason. They, they got statues with him and can't say enough. So um, I'm flipping a car for 143 days straight, and uh, definitely no Terry Fox, but it's basically just trying to spread that positive. Hope the mess. His thing was marathon hope, yeah, and that was that was it. So my head got cut open. Day two is today. This is the second day. It fucking flipped the car, and god damn it, was it not heavy as shit? And when I seen you, and you're like, "What's up, man? How's the car flip?" I'm like, "Bro, it's day two, and I'm having sex. I think we might last to day three. Yeah, <laughs> what? Maybe I'll hobble, I'll hobble May- through the finish line to day four. Maybe a hell mary pass, and I'm gonna get four flips in. We're gonna see, I, like when the video's I, released. Are we gonna see like some creative camera was, angles where it's just like you start <laughs> editing shit? It's it's like from a Schwarzenegger movie yeah, in the '80s, a car tumbling over the side of a building. You're yeah. like, that wasn't you, man. What is going on? It's here? just like a photo of your face just straining. <laughs> it's it's gonna get ugly. And then, I, and then a picture of a what, car that's flipped over. I'm not just like on Canada Day. There was like a like a shitload of people and since city of toronto put it on and you know how big toronto is i was so jazzed up for this like so like on pre-workout and like ready to rock and roll i mean i can tell you headbutt in a car apparently so i hit this car and you got to hit it on angle and um to explode into it like you're flipping a tire and you can't just deadlift it up so yeah i smoked my head cut myself but that thing moved pretty well it moved pretty well the last yesterday the next day holy smokes man this is gonna be like hitting heavy singles every day for 143 days I don't know, man. Ain't gonna be, ain't yes. gonna be. I when I made promises in front of the crowd on the microphone, you should see. I'll put the video up later. I am so feeling myself. I am like a motivational speaker. Like, do you believe it? Dear, I was, I was like a WWE guy giving a speech, and um, and then I hit it, and I was like, this this, this rain's gonna last forever. I, they they can't slow me down. This rain's gonna last forever. The next day, I wake up tired as shit. Yep. The adrenaline's out of my body. You're realizing you're 40. And, and, and now that nobody's around, like the thing's got to continue. I'll do an event here and there, like every few weeks do an event. But even in between events, it's just me flipping a car. And that's when you realize, oh, damn, this is for 143. This is worth 143. Anyone can run a marathon. Terry did it for 143 days straight. You start realizing, hey, man, this is a big, 
there's a, a reason, big check there's a reason you wrote. Why not many people do this. This is a big check you wrote, bro. And I'm chin checking myself. There's a reason why people aren't running marathon a day for 143 yeah. days. You don't run one marathon. Regar- regardless of one leg versus two. You don't run one marathon. So start feeling yourself a little bit. Like, hey, sign me up for 143 yeah. or more. Or people are flipping a car. Uh, but um, it is what it is. We'll see how it, we'll see how it uh, shakes out. But We're going to start seeing some stunt doubles. It's, it's like a <laughs> from the back. It's just. You're like, this dude is 300 pounds now okay. for some reason. <laughs> This dude does not look the same. He's got a full head of hair. Looks beautiful. Twenty-two yeah, years old. That's in his prime. That is obviously a bald cap. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but anyways, um, how about how was your how was your Canada Day, sir? My Canada Day was actually pretty quiet. I didn't get up to too much. Just some drinks with friends on the patio. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Because we got to work the next day too. All weekend, nothing too crazy. All weekend. No, no downtown stories. No, I, blackout drunk. What happened to that, Paul? I I, a few have, I realize that I'm 35, 36, <laughs> and that's a young man's game, like flipping a car for 143 <laughs> days. I got a feeling we might see that Paul again, though. It, I, I don't mean, think he, he, he shows up once in a while. It just wasn't yeah, his Canada I, day. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's not pretend he's retired all of yeah. a sudden. You're so much let's, more mature than three months ago. <laughs> it was three months ago. You're telling let's, me about fucking having what Molly or some shit. What oh, the hell at the okay, senior national? People, people what? listen to this. It wasn't. <laughs> well, I, my family's like, and he was on heroin. Hey, what you talking about? A heroin dad? He, he had a meth overdose. He died. <laughs> he was taken to the hospital. He came yeah. back. To life, I hope he broke nope. out of the hospital. He, he wrote a song about it. I hope that nobody, was actually the dirt in the story of Motley Crue. I hope nobody at your work listens to this. But Fuck um, me. Well, but I mean, yeah, anyways, all I'm saying. All right, okay. Let okay, me, let me back it up. You may or may not have taken a little Molly. What I'm saying is, though, what I'm but, saying, but you definitely took an you opioid. Definitely did heroin. But what I'm saying is, Paul. <sighs> Three days later, when you when you fell asleep, and then three days later when you woke up, and now three months later, that dude is still in you. No, somewhere buried deep inside. I'm. It, there's a possibility it may come. I mean, that may go down again. You never know. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, relatively quiet. Relatively quiet. Sounds good. And you actually had um, surgery on your eyes and couldn't see the I'm, world you're saying, but you listened I'm, to my commentary and loved it. Yeah. I added the second part in. No. I, you definitely added the second part <laughs> yeah. in, but uh, but you you got you got uh, caught up on um, obviously all the battles. We kept in contact and uh, yeah, seventy two. Like I mean, after this whole talk about me not being on, I was fairly let's say heavily sedated. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, of course I listened to it. It's IPF world. You had to. Yeah, yeah. And um, the seventy twos was probably was that, even listening to it without actually being able to see anything. Exciting is all hell. It was uh, like the 72s, honestly. So the 93s brought it. The 72s brought it. If I had to say the closest, tightest, most entertaining session, I think the 72s this year. And maybe 93s. Like I could go back and forth. I could be argued back you and forth. You could go forth. back and forth both, again, from a purely only listening standpoint. You could tell there was a different energy with the 72s. Here's, here's a couple of reasons why for me. Number one... Um, as a Canadian, you Canadian, we had a Canadian rate rate in the race, yep. which is always nice. But number two, the return of like like a, an icon. Yeah, we we have um, we have some really good lifters in '93s, obviously, but like Kimberly's resume was is is ridiculous, and when she re- she's returning, it's the return of the goat, and everyone's talking about it. It makes it a little different. It's like um, when you look at it like it's a tight race, and you need some back and forth. 
and that was happening in both divisions. But when you throw in the mix, oh, and by the way, one of these people might be the best powerlifter we've ever seen in the IPF. Yeah. Well, that kind of that's going to chip it. It kind of adds to the story. That's going to chip it just a little bit. And she's coming back at forty years old. That like that. All right. Well, that's going to be tough to beat. So if both of them were entertaining wise, back and forth, competitive, right until the end, that's the one that chips it for me. And um, and that is who we have on today is Kimberly Walford, um, who after I seen that performance, looked into uh, the the broadcast and said, I think I think we got. The greatest IPF powerlifter of all time, yeah, right there. I, I think that's probably IPF caps goat. it. Uh, I don't see any other resumes. I know catching you and up. I have gone back and forth on that, but now I will fully say IPF goat. Yep. So, with no further ado, let's put on Kimberly Walford. And we have none other than the goat, Kimberly Walford. How you feeling, champ? I'm feeling real good today. You feel <laughs> really you good today. Probably had a couple good days uh, since the past two weeks. No. Yeah, it's been a couple of good months. Yeah, it's been a couple of good months. Is this so? Leading up to this, for myself, um, I always felt like, in terms of the goat debate, it would be A and B, you and Jen Thompson. And I loved Jen's story um, last year in Calgary. Came back from like a crazy injury. She was forty-three or forty-four. 43, I believe. For the sake of the story, let's say 52. Go with the... Go, go, go bigger, because it makes it more go dramatic. Exactly. Go lower, she looks 22. Go with the 43. Go with the 43, okay. Okay. Yeah, if Jen's listening, but as please a keep le- in mind that I went lower. As the legend grows, though, when you're older, tell her to come back, but you, you're, you're totally right. Yeah. I fucked up by saying, yeah, okay, gotcha. So anyways, I'm not a charming man, as no, you can tell. No, the controversy's so, already started Yeah, now. wow. But um, I loved her story. When she came back... In the 63-kilo class, um, the one that she came back to was super tight. I mean, so deep in terms of competition. Isabella did show up, and that would have made it that last piece that probably would have been epic showdown, right? It was still really good, but not quite super epic. But 43 coming back, injury that should have been career-ending. I remember watching that being like, oh, my God, this could be it. This could be like that pinnacle, that last, that's the last piece. She's, she's the GOAT now, because that's an amazing story. And then, you come back 2019, and it just so happens, the 72-kilo class. Probably the most competitive of the whole world championship. And everybody does show up. And I was like, and, and same type of situation. Now, um, you're born in seven, you're not, you're not as old as Jen, but still, older than these other girls. You know? And, um, 25. Tw- look like you're 25. But, but uh, in terms of sports, if you, yeah, that's right. But in terms of sports, you know these other girls like they're peaking fast and their their progress and everything. And it was that whole like you're coming back into probably the best seventy two kilo class we've ever seen, and um, and it's only getting tougher. And you were coming back and people hadn't seen you and it's like what are we going to expect? And if you were to pull it off, I was like shit. This would. This would like be the it'd be again we be back to the go A go B situation. How do you split the difference? And you came through with that performance and the last deadlift, and of course I had to come down to the last deadlift, was um, it came up and it came up in a fashion that it legitimately felt like it didn't matter what was going to be on the bar. It was going to be yours that day. 
And that's when you kind of knew, because we're Canadian, Jessica Bitten is Canadian, and you're thinking, shit, she's going to push her. You know, she's young, she's strong, gaining. And you're all the way up until the last deadlift. And then when you see the last dead, you're like, oh, this shit was never really going to be up for grabs, though, was it? It felt like that. It was like, this wasn't actually going to be after you've seen how you pull the last dead. And, um, and it hit me like that. So then afterwards, on the air, on the Olympic channel, I was like, probably the GOAT, regardless of weight class, regardless of men's, women's, I don't see a resume that's going to compete with that. Now, this is difficult because it's, I'm going to ask you, so you're kind of on the spot, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, how do I play this? But what do you think? When you hear that, and you probably have heard it, what do you feel about the GOAT debate? I feel, like the, I feel like the GOAT isn't just based on one thing. I think there's a bunch of GOATs, and I'm not saying this just because it sounds nice and it's political. I think it's based on how do you rank the GOAT? Is it based on how many championships you've made? Is it based on the lifters you competed against? Is it the world record you've breaking? It depends on who you ask. Yeah. Um, I, think it, I think it's a combination of all those things, and especially when it's the close ones. Um, and this is no disrespect against the, the champions sometimes who are, are able to like win easily because they're just so much stronger than everyone else. It's just that I think sometimes it's a little more interesting to watch when you're seeing someone having to fight just knowing that it's not guaranteed, even if yeah. the probability is there that that person most likely would be the winner. You know, anything could happen on that day. Yeah, so. and for myself, so, and it is, a, it is a good debate to talk about. For myself, I feel like there's a few things that I would lean towards yourself, and here's why. Um, and, and just for, like, any debate, though, I think depth of competition, 100%. You hit the nail on the head, like, I can respect if, if somebody's winning and, and picking up titles, it's big. But who was there during your era? Was it a tough era? Was that is that a tough weight class, or was it you know not as not as tough? Like this this was crazy what you went against, um, especially in 2019. And 72 kilo class historically is one of the tougher divisions to try to pull it out. Um, and then longevity is probably a big one over the stretch of how long was the dynasty, and how consistent. Yeah. And then I would say um, yeah, like how many. How many rings you got if it's like other sports, right? They want to know how many rings. Well, they, well, they yeah, right? So, that's a when, quick answer right there. So, when you look at that, that's why, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like Ray Williams is like, he's good and he's obviously the greatest heavyweight of all time, one of the greatest lifters we've ever seen, but he hasn't had quite, like, he's not been pushed in terms of like other, like, depth of competition isn't there for him. Um, so that's why. That's why I lean towards that. What do you think? What What are the criteria when you're thinking goat? What's the criteria you're looking for? Oh, the things you mentioned. I'm looking at well, how many championships you've gotten? How long you've been in the game? Have you? How's it been when you've had the battle against the best of the best in your class? Records you you've competed, uh, records that you've broken at these meets, and I just combine it across that. And also, if you want to throw in one more, you could look at pound for pound. Yeah, yeah. So. So it depends on, like I said, you take all those factors and that'll put it together for you. And if you look at it, it's more than one person. You, I'm just keeping it honest. I don't really think about it. What comes to mind when, when people tell me that, I'm, I'm thankful for the honor. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to think about any of the things that I've accomplished until I'm done competing. My mindset is just about moving forward. Okay, what's next? I can 
you know, bask in the happiness of things I've accomplished when I'm done. But for now, I'm not going to do that. No. And, and how close? Because that last deadlift was pretty damn convincing. It, like, what was what was going through leading into this? Because we hadn't seen you at the Worlds last year. And um, so when you haven't seen somebody, you don't know, uh, like, you don't know, like, what they're going to bring and, and people are interested in and how difficult it's going to be. And when you came out for that last deadlift, you, you know, it felt like what was your mentality at when you walked up to that bar? Because, like, I feel like that was one of the most convincing deadlifts you pulled. Like, you were angry on it. You always look hyped up. But it wasn't literally, it didn't matter what was on that bar was coming up that day. That's how I was feeling. I was like, I've been waiting for this moment. I was itching for them to hurry up and call my name so I could get it done. I was just ready to go. Oh, that, that's all I was thinking is let's do this. I'm ready. It, it, it really, you know, some people say it. Like some people say, like, doesn't matter what was on the bar. And you really got that impression that time. Like, were you that confident walking in? Like, yeah, really? Because eh? you're in, in, yeah. the, in the squats. Did you only get, how many squats did you get in? I only got my opener. Yeah. In. And I remember thinking, yeah. and usually, like, and, and bench is reliable. You got a bronze, but it's not like, like, it's, it's your, you're holding serve and, and trying to keep pace. And then on the deadlift, it's kind of like taking kilos off the dead where you have to pull for win, right? So when you got that opener, were you at all telling yourself, like, shit, I only got my opener? Or were you telling yourself, it don't matter? Nope. I was telling myself that I know exactly what numbers I need to hit to put me where I need to be. And I just have to stick to the plan. Uh, I don't go into a meet expecting to get nine for nine. I shoot for it like every other athlete. Yeah. But you have to be able to account for the fact when that's not going to happen. And I, I'm going to say it to you now. I say it all the time. I believe nine for nine is a unicorn. Yeah. If you really are pushing nine for nine, you're not going to get it every single time you compete. And I've only gotten it once in my whole career. Oh, damn. So I'm Yeah, once. Crazy USAPL stat. Nationals. That was the last, the last one I did. Wow. It was the only nine for nine in, in my career. So do you think it's probably, it must be the experience then that you, you walk forward with just an opener and if you see some of the closest competition, they go three for three, you're telling yourself, been there, I've been here. I can load it up and I'll be all right. Is that just yeah, the experience I just need of to, having done it I just know I need to hit my numbers. As long as I stick to the plan and hit my numbers, I'll be where I need to be to go after it. Now, of course, of course I want to get three squats like every other person, but yeah. I know that Obviously, me hitting those hitting those other squats will make it easier for me to get to where I want to be or what I want to hit. But obviously, when I miss it, I gotta I have to have a plan B and C, D, E if necessary, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's how I look at it. So I'll fight to the last damn deadlift. So yeah. is it when you say as long as I hit my numbers? Is it the deadlift you're really thinking of? Like because you because missing the squats those don't rattle you because you 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 know you're dead. Because you've never been in, we've never seen you in a position where you can't pull yourself into victory. It's almost like fucking uh, Arthur's Excalibur at this point, where that weapon seems to always be there, and you pull it out of the stone every time. Like, have you ever lost at a national, international level yet? No, not classic. She's looking for wood, but she's going to knock out some wood somewhere. I had to go nuts. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you found something. Okay. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And how long have you been competing at the national, international level? Uh, I've been competing 18 years, but I've been competing classic only since 2011. Holy. So since I've been, yeah, since I've been competing 
uh, classic. I've been undefeated. That's something else I don't think about. I just don't. That's just something that's going to just put added pressure on you. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it? So, Come on. You know, one of the crazy things, so we, I've talked about it on the podcast. I've talked about it like on the live stream as well. When you see somebody like yourself who just seems like, and, and not to jinx it, I think when we had Ray Williams on the podcast, we actually said like, Ray, you never have an off day and you're human. People get yeah. sick. People get injured. You show up and you lift. When you see something like the Ray Williams situation happen at the Worlds, and I was so rattled, I was live on the air, and I was like, I was speechless. I, I was like, this is not the script. It felt so, the energy in the room was so weird because you're not used to seeing someone like that. I think in the, it, like, there's Ray Williams and yourself. I wouldn't know how I felt about it if you bomb on deads, he bombs on squats. Like, you would be like this... It's just not going to script. Like, you see people bomb, but there's some people you never see in these situations. It's like watching Mike Tyson when he, when I first seen Mike Tyson get knocked out. I was like, holy Buster shit. Douglas. How is this yep. possible? It doesn't, yeah. it, you feel weird about it. And um, when you see that happen to Ray, A, what was your thoughts when you seen it happen to Ray? And what do you attribute to the fact that, like, it, your card never gets pulled when it comes to, like, show up and you're sick or so. Like, these intangibles that can happen to anybody, for some reason, you know, you've avoided disaster. Oh, well, I, I heard it for him. I actually teared up a little bit. I know I don't think I was the only one in the crowd who did because I could, I could feel the pain coming from him. I mean, you could see it, especially when he turns away from from the bar and you see him put his hand up, you know, you know how much it hurt him. See, I'm thinking about it. It makes me a little sad just thinking about it again. But, you know, um, as far as me, I, I just do all I can to get there like everybody else. All you can do is just fight till the end. And then when that last deadlift is done, then you know if you did enough. But that's everything I do up to that point is in preparation for, you know, and I make sacrifices like everybody else to ensure that I'm, I'm at my best, but I say again, you can do all you can to get there, but <laughs> once you get to worlds, you know, things can be a little different. It just depends. So, yeah. So, why do you think, and I've had like theories on why Ray's was, was such an impactful thing. Cause we've seen champions bomb before, but because he's been like the guy who went on ESP, like ESPN showed him and um, he's, he had like a dynasty himself running, for a lot of ways, like we we kind of put IPF powerlifting on his back, and when he if he for him to fail, felt like he was he was letting us down almost. Like he was looking at the crowd and like it felt different. It felt like he thought he was letting everyone down, letting the sport down. He felt like I'm the figurehead and I'm trying to hold this down, you know. And he felt pressure like it's bigger than me. Some people hit the platform. They're just lifting for them. Hey, it's a, here's another one. Back to back. We got this. Hey, let's make three a, a run for three in a row or whatever. But Ray literally, I wonder if, you know, and I haven't talked to him since since it, if it was, and, and what do you think? Was it, do you think that there's so much pressure in terms of him being that, po the, literally the poster boy for, for the IPF and powerlifting in general and because he went mainstream in terms of the sharing? Do you think he felt, damn, you know, th it's it's me. I think the pressure is there for him and it's there for a lot of us who are up at the top. We can say it. It's the truth that, but it's just a matter of us having to block it out. 
um, because you do feel like when you don't have that awesome day, when you don't break the records, when you don't PR sometimes, you feel like and everyone down, everyone has this expectation of us, but you just got to tell yourself that you got to take care of what you can do on that day. That's all you can do. And that the people who truly care and respect you and love you will understand that you are giving your best, that you're not sandbagging. That's just the best you had that day. And for him, it's unfortunate that he had to have, I won't even say the word, I'll just say the leather, the B word. It, it happened. And I feel like for him, it's just going to make him even hungrier. And for the rest of us, that's happened. I mean, it happened to me early on in my career. I got the B happened to me once. And it just makes you feel like I'll never again let that happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I think for him, it's just going to make him hungrier or any other lifter that it happens to. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking to Matt Gary and I said, looking at that was, it could be the, like the beginning of that awesome Rocky movie where Rocky gets knocked out, <laughs> comes back, and here we are. And um, it, people like to see like Superman get roughed up a little bit. He's got to come back. You've got to face adversity. People like that kind of thing in terms of a storyline. Um, and well, that's like... It adds a human aspect to it, right? Right. Well, he's... You almost feel like he's, he's bigger than life in a lot of ways. And um, it almost feels now... You seen like, him literally get emotional. And I didn't know I was going to feel the way I did when I seen him. You know... And, and you know when you... You didn't want to say bomb out. When I posted, because I had to post, like, as news for people who are like like on the other side of the world, different time zones, we're in Sweden, and they want to know the update. And I posted that Ray Balm, but I was like, fuck, I don't even know how I feel about this. But it's news, you gotta let people know. It's yeah. not, but you're like- They'll find out either yeah, way. It's, it's, exactly. You can't True. pretend it didn't happen. It's like, my man, what happened? So you post and you're like, oh, this feels weird. It was, I know what you mean, it feels weird. And um, having so, do you ever think like, sit back and like, how is it? that I just don't, this just never happens to me. It is, it is unique, like you, you, um, you know, it's almost like the, like you, you have those streaks in other sports, where some guys, just, you know, the strikeouts or not having striking out or whatever, the win streaks that different sports have. Your streak is, um, and I don't want to harp on this too much because I hope I'm, I gotta start knocking on wood soon myself. You're like, Kimberly's like, Kimberly. you see my face? Like, please shut up. Kimberly's like, dude, what the you, you fuck say, are you doing you, right you now? You perfect game way yeah. too many times. Yeah, exactly. You don't say perfect game to a pitcher yeah. pitching a perfect game. Alright, listen, maybe we'll move on this quickly. But, um, do you afterwards ever ask yourself, like, damn, man, am I like, you ever like look back and just think, holy smokes, what am I doing? I'm piecing together some history right now. Literally after pretty much every world championship, including this one, I've said to myself, live the fight another year. That's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. Okay. I got another year of reprieve to yeah. fight them off for another year. That's exactly <laughs> how I look at it. I don't think about all that, how I've survived this long. It's just, I know that I'm putting in everything I can like everybody else and Everything just seems to come together. Yeah. That, that's the only way I can explain it, you know? And of all the years that you faced, um, what do you think was the toughest 72 kilo either? Oh, I can tell you that. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. It would have been the first time me and Anna battled in South Africa. Oh, okay. That was the first time we met each other, too. And yeah. That, that was a I remember. I remember... Um, and it's funny, like, every time we see each other now, we, uh, we hug and we get a little emotional because we know how much it, it means us being able to push each other. And um, 
I remember after that championship, I was exhausted, like wanted to go to sleep, exhausted, literally after us battling. And it, that was awesome. The first time, yeah. Like a Hell, every time. But that was the first time me and her met each other. Was it because yeah. like, emotionally you were like, holy smokes, it, it rattled you, it was right to the limit? We just pushed each other with every single attempt. Every attempt. Like, and I knew that she was coming in, you know, she was coming in as the equipped world champion. She was also going to be doing, raw, you know, classic. So at the championship, and here it is, I'm the one who's de- defending the championship in the class at the time. And I just knew it was going to be a battle. So I was like, let's go. And, I mean, there was there was no no hate. There was no girly cat fighting like you would expect. It was just me and her battling back and forth. And like I said, so much so that when we were done, we hugged and we teared up. And it was like, hell yeah. So now I know <laughs> this is where we're going to go from here. <laughs> so Have you ever so – you've do you ever walk in there anticipating, holy shit, if I have to get pushed like that again, are you uh... – because sometimes, because you leave so much of it on the platform when it's that close of a battle. You know, you leave a little bit of yourself on that platform. Do you think if it was like that every single year, it'd be more difficult to keep this running? Not that there's any easy years, but, you know, leave yourself out there like that? You said that, and the first thing that came to mind was, no. <laughs> Just the reason why is I bring it every year. Like, I'm ready to battle. I look at it this way. If that day is meant to come, then it's going to come. But I'm going to do everything I can to prevent it from happening. And that's all I can do. And like, if it, if it happens, you know, I'll be like anybody else. I'll, I'll be happy for the person but pissed off because the day's finally come. Let's keep it real. I mean, any person who, who's been here or been in the top, no one looks forward to that day. See, I won't even say what the day is, but we know what the day is. You're just trying to hold it off as long as you can. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying yeah. to... I'm holding it off as long as I can. I say it again. People say the hungriest person is the person chasing you. Hell no. It's the person who's already on top. Because people are waiting to see how long can they stay. And you know everyone else is chasing you and trying to kick you off that mountain. So you're doing all, you have all that pressure on you. Trying to hold on. So, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold on as long as I can. Amongst the people who were champions when the classics started, when you were there for the first one, let's, let's go back even from the first world champion, the, the Raw Cup, the World Raw Cup 2012. And you looked around who was the champion in the first 2012 IPF World Raw Cup. For anyone listening, right before they decided world championship was starting, and then from top down, all the other nations started doing Raw Nationals around their different nations. They had um, the Raw Cup, see what's up, see if it was supported, see if it ran well. Um, spoiler alert, it ran very well and the rest is history, but um, you, you won and since then powerlifting has undergone a massive increase with the amount of lifters talent pool oh, has yeah. exploded and you have like the genetic freaks, like we have Russell Orhees that could have chosen any sport back in the day and we got him, you know and we have guys like, uh, like Luke Richardson joining and, and whatever the heck these young guys um and, and, and obviously, like, Jessica Bittner now, when you have these genetic freaks coming in, and um, when you looked around in 2012, how many people from that championship are still on top today? Do you know, if you look around, how many? Female. Female, just me, male, Sergey. That, and that's it. Yeah, it, it from is, the original. It, it, it's, like, the amount of lifters that have increased since then in terms of the talent pool, is it's swollen so much. To go to 
the top of a, like obviously a smaller temple is so much easier, but you were always there and you grew with the sport. So when new people come in, for you not to get knocked off, you know, it's, uh, you've stretched over generations. That's like, have you, st- have you thought about that? Looked around and said, holy shit, it's just me. Like with the I tell you, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. 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 Can I just, you not see the face? I get it done, and I'm just like, okay, yeah. what's the next meet? What am I focused on? I'll think about this when I'm done, when I'm done competing. Because I'm doing everything I can. I don't want to add any additional stress to myself. Yeah, yeah. So, you just keep so I don't want to think about it. The perfect game. That's right. That's right. Well, it is so. It's crazy, like to think like the stats and stuff. Because um, I was talking about like you know when you're at the worlds and you talk to other people like especially with the new people coming up the juniors and stuff and you're like man it's crazy you see what these people are doing now um and it's scary like world records are falling left right and center so when you came out um you know like sergey fedoshenko i got respect for him but there's not a lot of men walking the earth his size so when we're talking about as strong as he is that's fair that's fair right and um yeah and so in terms of when we talk about talent pool um you know, he's not rising to the top of, like, the biggest, deepest division because there's not a lot of men his size, period, and then who lift weights, yada, yada. But your division is stacked. And um, so when you hit the platform, I feel like like that's, like, one of the last OGs from the very beginning who, you know, so it's, that's it. <laughs> that's it, right? So it's, uh, do you feel like you represent sometimes that different generation when you come out there? Like, do you feel yeah. like... Because you see girls, when we have the girls on here, and they talk about you, they're like, oh, fuck, man, Kimberly Watts, Kimberly Walford. You know, they talk about you almost in hushed tones. You know, when they're in the warm-up room, and people are warming up, and you're back there, do you feel a little some vibes from these girls? A lot of them, they came in the game, started lifting, and you were the champ. You know, do you feel that at all and uh, from the younger generation and, and, and recognize that, respect that you get? Yeah, I, I do, and I mean, it really means a lot to me that I'm still still here. Like I said, I, I, I realize I'm 40 years old, and the majority of women in my class that competed this year are in their 20s and 30s, minus one, the woman from Russia. I think she was born in 1956. There was one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Other than that, yeah, yeah everyone else was 20, 30, in their 20s and 30s, so I feel like a part of me is like I'm still holding on to the torch. Yeah. For the uh, the older people, uh, no disrespect against the youngsters, but knowing that, don't think just because you're young, that's right. And the, we're older that we're done. <laughs> is it? We still we still here. Isn't it weird that uh, like time flies, right? Where you're like, holy shit, how did this happen to me that I'm I'm middle aged and I'm representing? Like, how did this happen? You know, time freaking that. flies. <laughs> I'm forty as well, and it is like it's weird to say that, isn't it? Yeah. Holy s- yeah, right. <laughs> We're both having a moment together right now, aren't say, we? So <laughs> we throwing... both just had that realization well, right we now. Age, so it's well, okay. You look a little better. You keep but... at the perfect game. You're talking right. about age. Like, but, uh, anything else you want to touch on here? Looking at, um, looking at this class of 72s that, that, that you contended with, who did you anticipate it was going to unfold the way, way it did? Like, certainly you expect yourself to win, but... What were you expecting when you seen like Jessica Bittner at, uh, entering the Open, um, Isabella's back seventy two, and then obviously um, Anna's back as well. Like this was a very deep division. Were you? Were, were we, what were you thinking? I saw the top five being me, and in no particular order because I'm just going to say it that way. <laughs> I saw because okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to start anything with anybody. So. Uh, 
I saw I saw Isabella and Anna. I saw Jessica and I saw Kristen Dunsmore. That's yeah. who I saw as the top five. And all right, fine, I'll go there. Okay, so I was thinking that it was definitely going to be probably between like Isabella and Anna. I was thinking for a second. You know, Anna at her best because it's always been me and her battling that hard. But then when you threw in Jessica, I was thinking it could be between those three for second and third. And then it would have to be between whoever didn't make it from there between adding Kristen into the bunch. So that would have made the top five. That's how I saw it as the top five. But I knew that because um, Jessica is now the second person in our class behind me to pull over 500, I knew that she would get the last say with regards to the rest of the top, who I believe to be the top five. So I, I could see her just securing whatever spot she was in and then trying to either go for first or second if she wasn't already in it. So. And it's, it's, it shows you how deep the division was for Anna to not be on the podium means, holy freaking yeah. smokes, that's a deep division. How the hell does that happen? That, and, and that's like, that's nothing It's Anna. That just shows you how freaking deep that division was. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen the 72s that stacked? No. I mean, the stack would have always, it's always been pretty much me, Isabella, and Anna for the last few years. I mean, one year we had Linda Poulsan, and she finished second. But most of the time, it's usually been me, Anna, and Isabella. Mm -hmm. So it was the introduction of, you know, Jessica and Kristen Dunsmore to the top five. And I know Alyssa's jumped up as well, but I was looking at, based on numbers and performances, who I thought would be in the top five. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. That's what I saw. I found uh, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Jessica in terms of, I know the weight cut was tough. So she might, I don't know if she's going to go 84 or stay 72. But that is a huge monster jump to 84. 12 kilo, just like where you weigh in, and then some of the 84 kilo girls are cutting. So it's, it's like, it's got, is that the biggest jump in terms of, um, I would say it's got to be. Like, again, 12 kilos seems ridiculous. Like 24 yeah. pounds? That is, like yeah, 20, that's a huge... 25 pounds added body size onto your... How the hell? Like, it's almost like you're... If you're in between those two weight classes, man, you just got to figure it out. Like, that's that's a... <laughs> like, and, and, and do you cut... You don't cut, like, much of anything to get into 72. Class. Hell no. Yeah. Ever since I moved up to 72, I don't cut. I used to cut when I dropped down to 63s, and I usually start out like seven weeks before. But since I've moved up to 72s, I'm trying to hold and gain weight. Yeah. So, thank you, God. Yeah, I'm happy for that. That's the, I'd rather have this issue, trying yeah. to gain weight, rather than having to worry about losing. And it's so. probably so much, especially with like travel and everything while trying to cut. It's, yeah, I mean, you, you some of these people think, I mean, you got the benefit of size, but throw in weight cutting while traveling in a plane, which makes you retain. And then the, the time zone change. How do, how did you deal with that time zone change and how in advance did you show up to Sweden? Cause we've seen obviously mixed results for people coming from North America. I showed up three days before I usually try and show up no later than two days before I have to weigh in. Um, and I'm really huge on like making sure that I'm not expending any extra energy and uh, hell, I'll take a damn Segway or a scooter before I walk, before I get to me. I'm, I'm dead serious. People that I, ask Kimberly Walford, hey, you're a scooter. Yeah, I'm Holy serious. I, so I'm all stuff. about resting That's... and getting in my sleep. And I even play mind games with myself. I, when I leave, I try and take uh, red eyes 
so I can stay on the same like sleep since I can hopefully get in my eight hours and by the time we land wherever at least I have gotten eight hours sleep and I'm all I'm just all about sleep and eating and rest yeah I'm doing that's all I, I can do everything I can to minimize like any other additional like negative stress on on my mind on my body when I get there now compared to the rest of the competitors do you think that is one of the parts that gives you that edge that makes you uh, have that longevity I think a part of it is not having to diet down hell yeah, yeah it's one less thing you have to stress about yeah you know because you do take a little bit of a hit when you have to drop and then your body has to adjust to that and it depends on how many times a year you're how many cycles a year you're doing that yeah. um I think also the fact that, um, and this isn't a knock on anyone else, I expect that, I hope that they do the same, but I take uh, PT really seriously. Like, I see a physical therapist once a week just for mobility. I mean, I don't have any injuries, but to ensure that I'm doing all I can to keep my body in top shape, I, I invest in it. Mm. You know, help having my, you know, my PT help me with improving my mobility and flexibility as well, because I know it makes a difference. So. It, yeah, I mean, in terms of variables, of things that could go wrong and you you've like dodged every bullet and nothing's going wrong that's probably a huge one it's i'm the like, honey badger no. yeah you're, you're like uh um neo from the matrix I, I gotta make a meme with that someone's gotta make a meme with you and me from there and all these 72 bullets coming at you isabella's written on a bullet but anyways um it's just one variable that you never have to worry about because like you hear about these kind of things going wrong with most yeah and you hear from eventually. most. You hear from most top athletes. So, like, the more variables you can remove, the yeah. better you're going to perform over time. Yeah, it's just it, less than possible yeah. negative outcomes. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and in terms of your longevity, um, what are some of the other things? Like, are you are you big on in terms of your diet? And obviously, in terms of mobility, flexibility. Like, what are some of the things you would give towards your longevity? As well as because the growth of the sport has been bonkers. Um, have you grown, like, how do you grow with your programming and keep up? Like, do you stay on with what other people are doing or do you stay with what's been working? Cause you can get tempted both ways. I think, um, I think it's more of a hybrid. Uh, I think with each cycle, uh, I make sure that I pay attention to what's working and what's not. And some things have to be staples in my training, but I also am big on like research and, and looking into other means, you know, other ways of, of, of training and I'll incorporate it into a cycle and see how it affects me. If it affects me positively, then I know it's something that I can stick into a future cycle. It's a matter of like, like I said, also just recycling also the things that work, but I don't feel like you can stay the same with each cycle because your body gets used to it. And I think it, you have the ability to stop making those gains. So I have to keep my body guessing as much as I can. Mm. Um, I definitely can say that um, you pay better attention to your body realizing that you're not invincible as you get older knowing sometimes when i come in here if something really doesn't feel right um don't try and just you know gut through it maybe i should check is something off with how i set up did i not eat enough today if it doesn't feel right shut it down or drop the weight do what's necessary but knowing sometimes even when i need extra rest that's something that's changed from the younger me to the older me if i feel like it really has just been one of those days i'll take another day of rest in between Knowing that you can't eat candy for a source of nutrients when you're training, you know, and ensuring that I'm having the proper nutrition. Like, this is like my other life. Like, every, I feel like every other lifter. Like, if you're serious about competing, it, it's not 
a passion. It's it's your other life and you're investing so much into this. So if you really are serious about it, you're going to do everything you can to be your best at it. And how do you feel like in terms of keeping this, um, you know, like I equated it to, I was just talking on, I think it was the last podcast, um, how every time if I commentate the world championships, I never, I haven't lost that feeling like that holy shit moment when people hit the platform, you know, every session, every day, I still feel that weird kind of tingles. I'm like, holy shit. Like you feel you're excited and you never lose it. It's that it's in you, you know? And, um, and I said like, uh, so when I'm all excited on the commentary, it's genuine. Like I, I like, I love what I'm doing. And, um, and I, and I quit it too. Like, you know, you hear those love songs. Um, when I'm 70, you're 70 in my eyes, you'll still be 25. You know, you'll always be 25 to me. I'll never lose that feeling. And that's how I feel about powerlifting. Like I, when I hit the platform myself, calling it or whatever. Um, but how do you equate, equate keeping that drive and that passion for it? Or you don't want to use a forward passion, but you know, that love affair going, the love of the game and staying in it without it burning out or without yourself burning out or, or do you at times be like, look it, I accept sometimes I need a little time off, step away so that I can come back and still love it and have a run. Because that many years, is it, is, is it all the way through all the time, 100% or how do you keep that ebb and flow? I had a period like before I started classic because the first like eight years of, of powerlifting, I was a, a quick lifter, single fly. And then I took off uh, two years. I continued training, but I was also uh, completing a, uh, a master's degree so I just I just didn't I felt like I, I needed a break and I just I didn't compete for two years and then uh, when I came back thankfully it was my coach who kept checking in on me and saying hey you know did you see that meet did you see the results you know and I'm like yeah coach I did and he just kept checking on me until he, he got the fire back in me and um, since that time I haven't lost it I think for me it's just I never get complacent and I'm always hungry I feel like there's still more I can do and as long as I can, you know, God and my mind and body and, you know, my life will allow, I'm going to keep pushing. It's just it's just how I feel. It's like after you finish competing, the first thing you're thinking is, okay, what's next? What can I do to improve? What didn't go right? I mean, you're all about the next cycle, and that's how I feel. And plus the fact, all the people you get to meet, you know, it's, it's like a family reunion, even the ones you don't like, the cousins you don't <laughs> like. But, I mean, we get to see everybody at these meets, right? So. Yeah. I love that. I love everything there is about our sport, how we encourage each other, you know, supporting people. It's, it, it, it is a family, it, it, even with the bad cousins. That's it. Well, yeah, everyone's got oh, a couple yeah. of those uncles. <laughs> the cousins. Yeah, the uncles and the cousins. Yeah. Um, what, in terms of, like, what you saw at these worlds, what were some of the standout battles and, and performances for you? Ooh, 63s. 63s, yeah. holy moly, did the European show up. Wow. Yeah. That was yeah. that was surprising. I mean, um, I was I was really heavily banking on Sam until I, I, I didn't know Matt Gary is like a scouting, like this guy, you can't, you got to come from freaking Mars. He's Oracle. You got to like, come from out of this world for him yeah. not to know who you are because he's got like a dossier on everybody. And when we did our preview show, he knew all about the Italian girl coming. He's like, nah, she's totaled like... World record total, unofficial. And we're like, what? And he's like, it's going to be a battle. And he was handling Sam. He's, he was ready. He knew. They knew. And I was like, holy moly, I thought this could be maybe a walk away for Sam. And um, <laughs> wow. And then um, 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to skip over that. No, 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 but you're right. 57. Holy moly, Maria T too. What did you think about that? That's freaking awesome. Wow. I love Megan too. I knew it would come down to those two, but man, that that last deadlift, it was just amazing. Like you could tell it was every ounce of her being was in that like momentum was going with her as she was lifting that weight and leaning back and holding it just long enough to get it. Just long enough. Yeah, it was amazing. I'm watching it like, give her the down command, please. Please give it that. Yeah, down everyone, command. everyone was watching like <laughs> it was. It was um. So even people, I had people at my work when I got back uh, from Sweden who were like, "Man, did you see that? You hear about that girl with the last day?" Freaking I'm awesome! Like, did I hear about it, dude? You know where I was, right? But um, <laughs> where did you think I was the last two weeks, bro? When you watched that, who did you think was talking? Yeah. Well, they didn't even watch. They just heard yeah. about it. But like that made like a. Front page on Reddit, I think, like which is the mainstream. People are talking about she missed her second, went up in weight anyways. Like, let's throw that hell Mary. I got nothing to lose. No one's challenging my silver, uh, which is always that's when you're in the gold medal position. You're looking at the bronze medalist, like challenge her, pull for silver, please. Take some. If it's secure, why not? Yeah, you've got the place secure. Yeah, and that's where I mean that's where sometimes the other girls can help you out if they make someone's coming up and they have to look behind them and you're like, you should probably defend your silver than challenge my gold, right? <laughs> It'll help. But with Maria, she's like, oh, fuck it. Then I'm going all in because I got nothing to lose. And that was awesome. Holy moly. That for me was probably the biggest um, come from behind victory I can remember in a while. Anna in 2016 did that in 84 kilos to Aaliyah Strake, actually. Oh, yeah, I remember that, too. That was a nuts yeah. one, too. That, Anna's yeah, she missed... She didn't break. She barely broke or didn't break on the second, and then came back on the I third. I think she got it off the. She didn't break. Second, yeah. It looked. It looked terrible. It looked. It looked yeah. over. It, uh, I talked to Aaliyah afterwards, and she's like, um, "I think she like did that on purpose, man. I think she purposely missed that second. I'm like, you think? And she's like, "Yeah, I think." So. I heard people say that. I don't like, know. You, why waste it? I you're know, not. Yeah. You're at the world championship. I'm not gonna fake you. Fake you out. <laughs> And God forbid something goes wrong on the last yeah, no, one. That is, it's not fake. The last was not fake. That is some 4D chess. Like, if you're playing to that it's, point. It's almost, it's, a, it's almost a, like such a good legend. I don't. I want to believe it anyways, even though like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. like a boxer getting, letting himself get knocked out. Just No, no. Not knocked out, Paul. But knocked down. Just knocked to be, down yeah. a few times. But, well, I can tell you, hell no, I'll never do that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a fake hell no. I, I don't think she faked it. I know some people do think she did, but I don't think she faked it. It was, it was, yeah. uh, I, at some point I want to have her on, but I also don't want to ruin it and ask her or I'll edit it out if I don't get yeah. the answer I want and just act like I never asked that question. It'll be like a male voice giving the answer afterwards. You just <laughs> dump right. yourself over. Absolutely. It was a big, um, what about the 84s? Did you see the battle of the 84s? Oh uh, yeah. Holy <laughs> moly. What did you think? That was, uh, and talk about like the next generation that's like coming up and doing shit we'd never seen before. What did you think watching that? I thought it was an amazing battle. I thought to myself, they're only a year apart, and every single time they meet, they're going to battle each other. So it's going to be interesting. You know, some of us get a little reprieve during our our powerlifting calendar year, but to know that you're always going to see your best, your biggest competitor at every single meet, pretty much. Yeah, that's gonna be fun to watch. Imagine they live pushing each other. If they live in the same state, it'd be like you again. You want to take some time off? Do you, do you you got school or something? When are your exams? Because I'll I'll schedule a competition around that time. Um, I 
what are your thoughts on this? Because there's been a rumor, and I'm not sure if it's going to happen. Daniela Melo might cut the 72. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? Hey, I, I haven't heard, heard it, but she can come join like everybody else. She can, so. It would be just nuts if she came down I mean, to 72. How much more stack can 72 get? If, if you could be like, you could barely make top 10 and be world class. That's too stacked. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be, it'd be too crazy. But um, is that the point where you have to almost start looking at the weight classes and modifying them, you think? Because when you talk about, like, Jessica Bittner having to go up 12 to 16 kilo that's to crazy. fill out 84. Yeah. Like, what, what do you, uh, me personally, and I know it's, it's, it's difficult. If, it was, if I just had my weight, and I know they have to deal with, their, their, we were on the Olympic Channel. By the way, the ratings were phenomenal, I'm told. Uh, the Olympic Channel only usually tweets out. So the Olympic Channel, there's a lot of these sports, downhill skiing, whatever. In certain sections of the world, they'll watch it no matter what time. So they play all these sports that most of the population don't tune into in February four years on the Olympics. You'll see the world championships and their local championships. So they threw powerlifting in the mix. So you have just straight up sports fans who will turn it on and be like, what's this all about? And, um, and didn't know what to expect. So the Olympic channel historically would tweet once like downhill skiing at 3 p.m. Make sure you, you check it out. And then um, the IPF like media team, the guy who runs it, Eric Roop, is like one of the head producers. Was like, holy shit, man! They are tweeting out like constantly throughout the day. Like they don't do this. It's saying like, make sure powerlifting is the it's the battle of the seventy twos. And like they started getting specific and started like like throughout the day. And then the feedback like dozens of emails every single day being like, all right, we want two minute intros now. We we want more of the intro to tell us about the battles leading into every session. Outro, please. Give us two-minute outro every time. Like, they wanted more. They're like, give us more. This is good. Like, it was overwhelmingly, and then they said the ratings were like, like, we killed it. Like, we killed these Olympic sports on their own channel. And then, and people aren't used to seeing powerlifting, right? Um, so it, it was extremely, uh, in terms of, like, moving forward, like, you know, in terms of, like, and hopefully sponsors and whatever. But um, I forget, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Weight, weight classes. classes. The battles. So, so in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, yeah, you got, you got to, you got to keep me at, on track here, but I know they're trying to, at the end goal, get into the Olympics and you can only have so many weight classes to get into the Olympics, but let's say this isn't an option or something we got to worry about. And I think that's the only restriction we're looking at right now. I got to believe in between 72 and 84, I'd like to see one. And, um, the only reason why I might not is because like 72 is so stacked and I hate to see it not as stacked. Like a 63 to a 75, or like, how would you switch it? Oh, shit, okay. Well, is, let's throw number. numbers. Let's throw numbers. Um, see, I just don't, what I don't like is over 10 kilo yeah. between, between these women is like, that is like, holy moly. Well, do you bring it down to a 10 kilo gap? So you go, I, I said I, 72 to 82, and then you do like a no, 82, and then. Honestly, I would, I would prefer. One between. If it was up to me. I think like seven kilo or seven and a half kilo, 15 pound jump is more than enough. Like 15 pounds of body weight, that's a bigger human being. If I put 16 yes. pounds of muscle on you, you you're already jacked. I put 15 pounds of muscle on you, holy moly. You'd be in movies, you know, you'd be like an action star. Um, like it's just, I feel like that's, that's big enough. 25 pounds I can't even wrap my head around. Yeah. I think seven and a half kilo jumps if I had it my way. Now, exactly where we would place it, I'm not sure. 
Well, but, I remember with um, CPU, there was proposal for, I think, 96 kilo or something like that this year. So do you make one that's like a jump in between there? Like 84 and 84 to 96? Yeah, it was something like that. Uh-huh. Because the difference between an 84, if you're bigger than 84, you better be a lot bigger than 84. Or else yeah. you're gonna get cream. Yeah. You're gonna get cream. Same thing with the men's yeah, uh, exactly. 120. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, but I guess that still doesn't really help the fact that 72 at that point you're looking at. The only problem is, and here's my only if about this, I would hate to water down a division like 72s, which is just stacked. Like Jessica Bittner's gone as soon as that happens. I want. I would love if Jess. I don't know Jessica, Jessica Bittner's future. I have to think she's telling herself it's tough making 72. But it'd be a whole lot tougher putting 16 quality kilos yeah. on. You know? So however tough it is, and I want to see, you know, like as stacked as possible. Uh, go with it. Oh, yeah. As a fan of the sport, I want to watch top 10 battle it out. I would love to see, you know, yeah. as you said, like the top six or whatever, anybody can be in the top three. Like it's just. Did you, um, do you watch any of the juniors at all and keep your eye on people like, okay, I'll, I'll, I see you coming. Or, like, did you know Jessica Bittner coming from the juniors? Or did you just wait until it plays out, see where, see how it shakes up? Oh, you're in the open now? Now I'll research you. Of course I knew. I pay attention ah, to everyone. That's, <laughs> you're like, I got, I was, I got sub-juniors. Oh, I didn't add that part to it? <laughs> that's right. like, I've been doing this 18 years. I see. I'd be a fool not to pay attention you, to you, the sub-juniors you, and juniors. You're, you're probably right. You were in the sub-juniors with a notepad. I mean, like, how do I, you, you were like, how do I pronounce that last name, that Ukrainian? <laughs> You, you you had everybody thirteen years old. I'm sitting, watching you, bitch. Sitting in the, I'm watching. Sitting you. in the crowd, disguise on. <laughs> That's right. Writing a dossier and everyone. Writing a dossier. I say again, anyone who's serious about competing pays attention. Anyone who says they don't is lying. Yeah. We all do. We, you it, you would be a fool not to be aware of the up and coming. Mm-hmm. And Mm-mm. and I know some people have said they get anxiety when they pay too much attention to other people. I think. That's like I think you're you're probably on a different plane in terms of confidence as some of these other people though, because you were definitely um, I mean that comes with experience right. But during the day, do you pay attention to what they're doing? Or are you just like handle? Let me get my numbers. I don't give a shit who's hitting, who's missing. I know what I got to do. Are you paying attention if, if Jessica? You mean like when I'm at a meet? Um yeah, like at Worlds, did you know Jessica went three for three? Are you watching her? Are you like I don't really care. I got I got to do my job and get to get to deads. No, I would check in after the third. You know, I would check in just to see where, where people were after that. But that was pretty much it. Some meets, uh, no, nah, for the most part, no. I mean, I'm usually staying away, and then I'll just check in when I'm looking for subtotals just to get an idea because in my mind I'm thinking, okay, what what do I need to do? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. I can't look at every single lift. No, nah, I don't need to do that. It would be probably emotionally draining, too, yeah. especially 72s. Yeah, because yeah. I need to get focused for about me getting ready on the platform. Yeah. 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 Are you active in your temp selections, or are you letting your coach yes. take? I coach myself, oh. so yes, so I am very, very active. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? So, even, uh, so, you gotta very be, so you have to look then. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Even even when, when you're at the Worlds, so you hand in your what you're thinking, like you have a A, B, and C for every attempt type deal? And then yeah. you, you hand it in like A&B. that. Gotcha. And then when you when you walk up to the national team coaches, you're like, "Here's what I'm feeling. This is what I felt like." And you guys guys kind of like hash it out right there. Yeah, and then I come off the platform, and you know, uh, you know the little nods and yeah, yeah. A or B, and then we agree, and then keep it moving. We're off to the races. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, have you ever, uh, and, and when was the last time, what, what year was it? Because you and Jen went head-to-head at one point, did you not, Jen Thompson? Yeah, the first one, um, Sweden. Was it? Uh, Stockholm, was it 2012. It was 2012? Oh, snap. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the it, first one. At that point, holy crap, I didn't realize it was the first one I knew. Um, so did you, and this is even more crazy, that 2012 would be probably the two women's A and B guns. Yep. And did you realize at the time, when you look back, like there's no way you would have realized at the time, that in the future, it's going to be me and you. And this moment, this moment of the 63 kilo is like a, a historic moment when the only two times the two women's goats battled it out. Like how no, I would have never thought that. That's crazy. I just thought that it's going to be me and her battling every year to get the world. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's true, you know, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably so. true, too. You're like, oh, shit. The nationals, too? I'll see you in yeah. six months? Yep. That's rough. And then they switched the weight classes. I got tired of dieted down and went up. So that fixed that issue. So then that it was, okay, <laughs> you got 63s, like, I'll be in 72. See so. you later. Let me, know if you, let me know if you're feeling chubby because I'm not. <laughs> you're problem solved. Yeah, problem solved, that's right. You're like, stay on the diet, stay on track. Um, who, who do you think is probably one of your biggest, like who are your big inspirations in terms of powerlifting? When you draw, when you draw there's so many people, man. And it's, it's not just the best in the world champions. It's the people just starting, too. I just love seeing someone give their all. But, I mean, there's just too many people to count. I got to be honest. Yeah. There is. I remember for me, um, at this world, a moment that I seen um, a lifter. And this is, like, not even a big deal. I don't know why it hit me like it did, but, like, it hit me. A lifter walked out of squat, and it was crazy shaky, and, and he was rattled. And um, he's from like an Eastern European nation. And you could tell by the look on his face. It's like when Ray walked out his squat, kind of like, you're like, oh, no. And he was rattled. He stopped. And he looked over to his, to his coach on the side. And him and his coach locked eyes for a second. And his coach gave him the, it's going to be all right. Like, you're good. Oh, and, then, and it was like a moment like that. And, and because he's Eastern European, like, you know, they don't show emotion enough. Like, they're, like, very stoic. And no. I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah. really, is that stereotype? And, um, and uh, it was crazy. It was like a moment. It was like, oh, shit. That was like, I, you, you caught that. And then the guy studied himself, looked back ahead, and you could tell like the demeanor, hit the squat, nailed the squat, got up, and everything was all right. And um, fuck, man, for me, and this dude finished like whatever, seventh, didn't matter. Like, that was like a really human moment. You see, oh, and I know what you mean when you said you don't have to win. You don't have to, you can see things like that moment. And you'd be like, man, I just, I don't know. You see connections between people because you're exposed, you're vulnerable. You know, uh, and um, yeah. for me, that was probably. And you're very things. heavily involved in seminars as well. So is that part of that? Yeah. that oh, yeah. That I energy? tell people that's like pre-workout for the soul. It feels good to help people, and especially when you're teaching them about our sport, because I feel like. Every person we can reach only hopefully helps them to pull in someone else and just to make our numbers larger. It's all about making our sport as big as possible is how I feel, bringing as many people as we can into understanding of why we love this sport so much, you know? Because you, ne- you never know who you're bringing in. Like everybody who comes in, like you like, said, yeah. you come in, you bring five people. And what are their skills? Do you, like if they got marketing, if they got like Russell or he's got a massive social media following. 
He's got like a quarter million people on his Instagram. He comes in. Look who he's bringing. You know, he's bringing all these people. And when you go out and you reach people and you become accessible, um, as well as at the world championships you do in refereeing. Um, yeah, on the international ref on the international level is that um is that like a whole nother level of like is that tough as well hanging in the pocket because you're doing calls it up uh, and everyone's watching and it was and you were doing you were testing for it right yeah is that I'm like a whole nother level of, was that a whole nother level of like was it stressful at all being out there like that or no you just turn it it's off just another you? a whole level it's just another rush um i've been a ref for years it's just I could look at it as the completion of the trifecta, you know, being the athlete, the coach, and the ref. Yeah. Got all the three, and I encourage, like all other people in the sport, to do the same. Like, don't just be the athlete going to compete. If you can, if it give back, you know, yeah. um, rep coach, referee. We need to bring in as many, you know, knowledgeable people who actually walk the walk too, as well. Mm -hmm. So why not? You know, I love it. It's just another rush. It's, uh, yeah, it kills me. People got, like, a lot to say about, like, the spotters and loaders. And a lot to say about, like, the competitions. But it's, like, so many people show up and, and show up at a competition and, and compete, but don't get back. Like, at least once, I think every lifter should have to spot and load or do something. Spot and load's the easiest Heck yes. Yeah. I 100% right? agree, yeah. Completely agree. Sign up you'll never that? again, you'll understand. I tell people all yes. the time. Yep. And it wouldn't happen. It won't function. We won't, We can't put a comp. I would hate to put a competition together. I've never run a competition. Never run a meet. I don't know how the hell I would find spotters and loaders and like, who the hell am I finding? How do I talk you into, give me your day. I'm going to work you like a dog. Like, it's going to be terrible. For pizza. I'll give you a slice of pizza. Because yeah. at local level, it's not much. And you might get shit on on social media if you mess up. And if you do good, nobody's going to say nothing. And you may get, right? you may get a free t-shirt out of this. Yeah, like, it's, it's not a hard You know, I told them that sometimes, like in referee, like, make sure that you take this seriously, I said, because the lifters will remember you if you mess up their liftoffs. Yeah. Yeah. telling you, pay attention to what they're telling you. Pay attention. Yeah. It's a, it's a thankless job. That's why I loved when you hopped on there. I was quick to point that out, too, in the commentary. It's like, she's sitting in there, giving back, and that's what I love to see, right? Is I know Jim Thompson does the same, and uh, Anna like, does the same yeah. as a bunch. Yeah, yeah a lot of them. Yeah, I think it's um, I I know I, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I want to say the younger generation is going to start doing it more and more. Maybe you got to learn the game too to be comfortable with the calls. So I agree. Okay. That's okay. I see. I do see younger generation going in there, spotting and loading when they can. I've seen juniors when they're done, uh, like even won the world championships, like um, Jackson Spencer. Yep. Uh, was like, man, I'll, I'll hop in there and start, lo like, you know, he was uh, spotting a loading. Eric not. Willis doing the exact same thing. Eric Willis, yeah. And it's good to stay humble and, and get your hands dirty, hop in there and just get back whenever possible. It's fun, too. Yeah. If you've never done it, you should do it. it. It's fun. It's like you're racing against the other platform. You get to talk crap and be like, you were slow. You know, it's just you're pushing oh, yeah. each other. It's fun. It's, it's, like it's just another competition. Yeah, you're tired by the end of the day, but it's an awesome rush. Yeah, it, it, as you said, it is fun when you've got the right pit crew, like as well, running. Oh, heck yeah. You start trying to see who can spot and load the fat, like who can load plates the fastest. You know, yeah. all out. You know what I thought was interesting, and I didn't realize this um, at this World Championships, that spotting and loading crew were professionals brought in from Czechia, and they, they now, there's two professional teams. So they were like, if you're going to shout us out, get the names right, because there's two of them competing. <laughs> It's like competition, like business-wise, and because um, we we want to make sure we get the business. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll give you because they're doing a good job, and they do oh, like cool. um, all these in, like the European Championships, Arnold's World Championships, whatever the hell. And um, so they're like so fast in terms of the catches. Like 
People have commentated. It's like they're bringing in an F1 pit crew. Uh, they, they work that quick. Yeah. And people commentate, um, this is what we need to do. Like, the, like spotting and loading has to be taken that seriously and dropping yeah. money. And I'm glad, like, now it is. Like, they look yep. at the resume when they're taking people on. Like, I talked to that uh, company, and they're like, we don't just hire nobody. Like, how many competitions have you done? I'd like to show up if you're local. I want to see you work. Are you fast? Are you quick? Do you understand kilos? Do you understand the plates? I'm like, really? He's like, my friend. You know, he had an accent on him. He's like, my friend, you see what we do out there? I'm like, no, you're doing a good job. I'm, I'm on you. Yep. I gave him a shout-out. Let's face it. Nobody wants, like, a misload is a huge thing. Nobody wants to be the person that misloads, right? Uh, or a crappy lift-off on bitch. Or a crappy lift-off on bitch. Or crappy lift-off on bitch. Yeah. Or, or grabbing a squat too early. Or, like, there's just Ooh. so many There's just so many things that can turn Ooh. the tide of a pump. Yeah. That's the last thing you want to see, especially in, like, a world level or yeah. raw nats or any of these higher-level yeah. competitions. Especially if it... If it's somebody who's in like the top and and that can like turn a competition, like if Kimberly, Kimberly's got to go four squats instead of three, yep. and then you're like, oh well, that wasn't kind of all right. I guess it can happen. Has that happened to you actually? Mm, not in IPF. No, because right. that's one thing I've seen. I don't. You haven't seen. Hell no! I don't want to do another one. Three yeah, is enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about it. And let's face it, if you're, come at, back if you're at the point where you're grinding a squat to somebody who's going to steal it early, like the last thing you want to do is load that back up. Very yeah. rarely. But you know anybody's going to do it too. Very rarely. Right. We're well, going to do it anyway. Uh, so I've seen people where I'm like, man, don't come back out. What is your thoughts on that? Would you come back out if you're like, I think I'm good. I think you grabbed it early and I'll walk away saying you grabbed it early and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know if I should. I think I have to have enough confidence in knowing that I think I'm good enough to fight for it again yeah. versus knowing, okay, I can save it for later and make it up in bench and deadlift. That's right. It's, it's all about how you feel once you come off. You know. And yeah. I think it depends on what your specialty is as well. Like, obviously, Kimberly knows she can yeah. make it up on, like, if it's, you know, five kilos, you know you can make it up on a dead. Don't drop your yeah. deadlift. But whereas if you've got to hit every single squat to have that chance at a gold medal, of course you're going for it. Yeah. You don't, right. to, you don't want to drop the deadlift 20 kilo by uh, no. grinding out for exactly. five more kilo on the squat. Yeah. And do you do much handling as well yourself in terms of, um, like, have you ever thought about doing handling on an international level and get involved on that as well? It's difficult when you're actually competing, though, and you're there every single year. And that might be a little mm -hmm. too emotionally invested. But have you thought about doing that? Do you like game day handling? On, on that oh, I've done it. I've been a I've been a coach for years. I've coached at international meets. Uh, I've coached at national. I've coached at local level. So oh, you coach uh, for me? No shit. The craziest day was probably me lifting, coaching, and refereeing in the same day. That was a horrible same day. day. But uh, <laughs> did you split yeah. low too? What? <laughs> holy moly! I don't even know how that's yeah, possible. That was, holy that moly! Was, I was very tired, but it, I think that was the most tired ever. But I will definitely coach after I compete. Coach referee yeah. after I compete. Um, I I do not do anything else prior to competing. Yeah, uh, I could yeah. do it after. Yeah, so. I've yeah I've tried to do things before competing, and it, it just sucks your energy out of you. If you're emotionally invested. Like you got to be cold inside to. Know yeah, because you're the athlete. You're yeah. you're pumped up, and when you're even when you're on the platform refereeing, watching someone like when you're when you're seeing someone go for the lift and knowing that in your heart you want to be like, yeah, go for it, but you yeah. can't. You got to stand there and just. You know, I was gonna ask. Like, press the button, <laughs> Kimberly. I was gonna ask you because every single t do they talk to at the do they talk to the rest beforehand? Be like, you got to show no emotion because every time you look at the refs, it's like total deadpan. 
Like, like very few times did they break the poker face. And I was getting like, they must, they must have a conversation. That must be all part of it. Is there a I think I, I remember one of a, a senior uh, referee telling me many years ago, someone I respect telling me that you cannot really show that much emotion because you never know another athlete or a coach may be looking at you and thinking that maybe you're giving favoritism to that athlete. So as much as you want to, you have to try and keep the face stoic so that way you can at least appear that, you know, you're being unbiased when yeah. you're, you're giving yeah. your calls. Yeah, even so, if you're like... But it's a little hard sometimes. I, it'd be, yeah, it'd be I, tough. I would have a tough time with that as a... It is. As a I'm not going to tell you I haven't, but yeah. not a, my first time doing refereeing, you know, obviously at Worlds, but have I done it before at Nationals and local meets? Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm sure you know, I mean, I got to be honest, but... Yeah. Yeah, your best, especially when you get up there, it's like, okay, I got to stay stoic. I can't show any emotion. No matter how I'm feeling, but in my head, I'm cheering for him. Yeah, so. I, mean, I mean that's got to be honest. I mean, because I looked at it and I understand why. Uh, like you said, you don't want to give any kind of mix. Like, oh, people hang on to anything you give them sometimes. Heck right? yeah. But um, you got it. Like obviously, because you guys are lifters, you're gonna be emotionally invested. It's tough to be, and you were right close to the action. You see a grinder, and it's got to be so hard to see like a beautiful fight. Like a grinder where everyone's like, there's no way this person's locking this up. They lock out a squat, and you got to be like, fuck, I'm sorry, but that shit wasn't that. And you got to yeah. hit the red. That's probably the toughest call. Is there a tougher call? Yeah, that sucks. Like, That's tough. And, and, and at very least, I know when I'm commentating, I'll be like, look, it, um, you can be proud of locking out a grinder. And you don't, like, it is what it is in terms of, like, you fought. You fought the good fight. You can take that away from it. Yeah, that makes you feel... a. A little better. A little yes. better. Yeah. But, sure but what I tell other people too is that when they're asking, when we're like in the crowd and we're watching, I, I'll say to them, you also have to understand there's three views on that platform, yeah. you know, the chief and the side. So we may look at the side and be like, yeah, that person definitely had it, but you don't know what's on the, the other two views. Yeah. So that's something that they got to consider sometimes. I mean, some things seem really obvious, but. Thank God for instant replay, too, even though it's not a rule. I mean, if you ever want to explain to someone, you can go back yeah. and see, look, see? Yeah. It's different from this angle. You yeah, know? And 100%. How many times do you see um, their hips not resting the same when they squat? Like, there's almost no... Some people time having balances. Big time. Uh, like, it's Great very, on one side. very common. Almost every time we're like, let's take a look at this review, and are like, oh, shit, okay, well, never mind. It look, looks totally different, and we have, like, eight different views. Um yeah. We've had you on for an hour already. I want you. I want to give you a quick uh, a chance to shout out anybody who you want to thank, as well as um, I'm anticipating. I was going to ask what's next for you, but I'm assuming obviously nationals. But in terms of seminars or um, coaching or anything that people can reach you when your next seminar is, or if they want to reach you for coaching or any of those kind of services as well. Okay. Um. Uh, well, we'll give a shout out to. God and my family for always supporting me. Um, and uh, I wanted to say also to my sponsors, of course, um, Rogue and SBD, SBD Apparel USA as well, and uh, Primera. And as far as uh, the seminars, uh, we're going to have uh, Iron Sisters Canada next month. Um, and that's going to be in, uh, we call it Dundas, Dundas, Ontario, Canada. Oh, and then we also have... Right around the corner from us. Um, Iron Yes, it is. Uh, and then we have Iron Sisters USA in August in Tacoma as well. So you could just look on the websites, ironsisters.ca uh, iron or com to if you want to look for the seminars. Uh, and then as far as me, um, I'm looking to see what my next meet is going to be. Um, 
we'll see in probably something around September, October, and uh, that'll be it. Road to 2020. So that's it. And and for people yeah. who want to reach out for like coaching, is there any best way to do it? Are you taking clients right oh, now? Oh yeah. Um, you can uh, contact me as Tractool on Instagram or Kimberly Walford on Facebook. So perfect. Thanks, Kim. We'll talk to you soon. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah. Good luck with training. We'll keep in touch. All right. Later. See ya. Bye. And there you have it. The goat has spoken. Yep. Um, yeah, man. I mean, her reign of terror is unprecedented. In terms of, said, to go up against Jen Thompson in 2012 it, and then it, just keep it rolling. The Like, it's so... If you actually looked at the numbers of how many people competed in 2012, like the, the, how many people around the world, how many people in USAPL, et cetera, and then you took a look at um, the numbers now, and, the, and you know, when I said, like, if you looked across who won that year and who was winning now, and she's like, nobody. There's Fedoshenko, who is like, you know, I mean, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. He, he, you know, they're weighing in 120 pounds or whatever. But none of a whole different class, a whole different generation of people. Nobody made the cut. They're all gone. And um, for her to still be here. Yeah, I know. It's unheard of. It doesn't make sense. Like, it, it's absolutely... Not even just in our sport. It's unheard of in most sports. Just, not just, like, the, the time period between the two, but the shift in terms of quality of lifter and the amount of lifters and the talent pool has... And what we understand about lifting and training and the sharing of information. And none of that can knock her off the top. Not even just for weight class, but possibly regardless of weight class, she's usually considered like the best yeah. of the best. And for that to not have changed, you know, that's why it's fucking hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, no, as I said, like pound for pound, she's always one of the top athletes, regardless. Yeah. Um, Men, women, doesn't really, doesn't matter at all. You know, and every year... She's, you're, just, she's just there. Every year she cut, steps up to the plate, you're thinking, is this a year? You know, and she was said to her something, he goes... One more year. After it's done, she like, one more year down. There it is. That's one more year in the bank. You know, she's just buying these years out. Like, who knows? Eventually, everybody, eventually it's got to end, but every year she shows up for battle. And it becomes like, um, I don't know, man. Like, it becomes, you know, what started off as, like, um, dominance now has become a streak where you're like, what, is this streak ever going to end? You start questioning, like, holy shit. And there shit. you're throwing out the perfect game thing again, just no, calling but, it out. But it is, like, it, she, it's got to be the most impressive dynasty string that we've seen. Oh, 100%. Um, in, uh, in classic. I yeah. know Oleg of, uh, or Ola, I'm probably the, from Poland. Yeah, I'm yeah I know who you're talking about, 74 kilos yes. in Poland, 17 to 18 years straight. That's freaking crazy. That's in the equipped division. Um, yeah, don't even get me started. We probably should have him on the podcast and talk about that because how the hell? But um, in terms of what we've seen the growth of and everything, in terms of the classic, yeah, man, it's just phenomenal. That's why I think when she walks around, it is. And I don't care who you were, when you started watching, there was Kimberly. Because there was only. Exactly. There's that's, only and that's why it's so impressive. And the fact that her first world wins, her first world win was against Jen. How did they know, looking across from each other, hey, guess what? It's going to be me and you at the top for a long time. You know, it's just me and you. We're going to chase each other, push each other, two different divisions. But, you know, like, and all these people are going to come and go, and it'll still be me and you. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I would like to see Jen back as well. But um, I know she won uh, Bench World, surprise, surprise. Yeah. And no, hopefully she's back in three lift. Hopefully. It, I mean, the sport's better when the 
those two are in it. Yeah. There's, there's no way around it. They're icons. Exactly. You know, they're literally icons. I'm trying to think of who the equivalent would and be. And not only are they icons, but in terms of when the, we're talking about the GOAT debate, like, in terms of the way that they handle themselves and the way they give back to the sport, there's, and that's there's, it. there's two, I don't think there's two better people in this sport other than maybe Ray. And that's it. The reason, like, they will sit on, in the ref. They will handle, they will, like, everything. They'll, they'll do, do seminars, seminars. They'll travel for seminars. They'll do, yeah. It just doesn't matter. Exactly. And it's not like they're making killings doing this. They want to spread the sport. They honestly got to want to spread the sport. If it's like, look, we got a seminar booked, all the expenses are covered, but you're not going to make a shit loan from this. They're still, I, I, and they might be very profitable. What I'm saying is, even if it wasn't, they're going to show up and be like, how many people you got? And we got 50 girls there. And they, they'll be like, I'll show up. Yeah. Because that's 50 And not even will they show up, but they're not, you know they're not mailing it in. You know they're invested in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, no, man, because yeah. you're going to give it. Yeah. And that's why, man, that's why, and that's why, and again, I think why what makes them goats as well. 100%. In terms of the goat debate, um, they're not selfish. Yeah. If they weren't doing this, it wouldn't, it wouldn't grow. And the women's division has grown like, holy moly. And this is why. You got the two goats of the sport, period, men or women, and they're doing this. They're like campaigning. They're like politicians on the campaign winning winning votes for powerlifting. Um, and we're taking the youth. Especially what's good with like like in women's sports, some of the other leagues, um, where they have a hard time gaining the youth and the athletic youth and that powerlifting, we are like it's just crazy, the the growth that we've had. Um, I remember the USAPL released numbers. Overall, period, the growth has been phenomenal, but the women's division has absolutely exploded um, since the like classic division and whatnot. Yeah. And if, if you're a woman coming in, it's Kimberly and Jen. You probably look up to Kimberly and Jen, and you couldn't ask for two better. Two better people to be looking up to. But um, but anyways, there you have it. Usually I would say, post us in your Instagram stories, tell your friends, because people like this individual deserve exposure and have their story told. If you don't know the Kimberly Walford story already, though, this probably wasn't your first exposure to Kimberly Walford. However, uh, she, she we, still deserves all the exposure yeah, she can possibly get. Exactly. Uh, especially with powerlifting, man. We don't have enough outlets. We don't have enough media outlets. We can't get too much. You know, like in terms of mainstream, in terms of like, if we got to reach right now, thank you to everybody listening. That does expand all over the world and it's freaking nuts. I never get, it never will grow old if I go to the world and people from all over the world are like talking to me in different languages and telling me about like in Malaysia, their thoughts on my picks. And I'm like, this is crazy. Um, so yeah. Kimberly absolutely deserves every push. I'm sure if you're into powerlifting, you know about her, but you might not know her views on all these things. You might not have had a chance to hear her in these in-depth interviews because God knows we don't have like the mainstream media push. So, um, yeah, if you're listening to this, post this in your Instagram stories and let people know. This is the GOAT. The GOAT is spoken. And this is what you should be striving for, not just in terms of lifts, but how you carry yourself, how you give back, how you approach the game. So, from Six Pack Lapidette, and Paul Moranza and lifts. Peace.